if you are your brand, it makes a lot more sense to, to your customer and makes a lot more sense to you since you and your business are so intertwined, you never really get away from that. Hey everyone, Cole Turnbull with Coeur Advice Givers, where we interview Coeur business owners, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders to bring Coeur residents the best advice from our community's brightest minds. I'm excited for my guests today, Jennifer and Andy Morsell, who own Mountain Madness Soap Company in downtown Coeur What really stood out to me when I started digging into their business is that Andy and Jennifer are true to their values, and the business represents their values. They give back proceeds on many of their products to certain charities and nonprofits, including recently taking a trip to Guatemala to spread the soap love and teach impoverished women how to make soap and run their business. Thank you for coming on to share your stories. Sure. Thank you for coming. Thanks very much. Hey, uh, before we get into the world of soap and your business, uh, do you want to share a little bit about your personal backstories? Sure. Um, I actually started the company in Alaska about 14 years ago, which is where I was born and raised. Um, We did farmer's markets for years and opened a little store in a... um, little old log cabin that was, they took all the um, log cabins that were the original homesteads in Fairbanks and moved them all to a park, which is now called Alaska Land. And we rented a little store there for a season. Um, We had great success and we loved what we did. I fell in love with Andy and he was living in Spokane. So um, I made the move to Coeur d'Alene. And this has been our our home for the last 10 years. So started out here very grassroots with farmers markets and craft fairs and developed a really good following. And then once we did that, then we opted to open a retail store. We really wanted a place where um, people could purchase our items year round and we had kind of a home base um, without having it be in our home, with having customers be able to come in whenever they wanted to without just having you know market season and everything like that being the dictator. And um, we opened the store on 4th Street next to Wiggett's. Uh, we were there for two and a half years, outgrew our space, and moved into our location here on Sherman about a year and a half ago. So it's just been a very grassroots, organic growth company, and we have just met demand as it um, was presented to us with our growth. So uh, what happened, I guess, maybe to you or an event in your life that was like, hey, like, I'm going to start making soap? and. Um, I used to dental assist and I did for years and um, I made soap for family and friends for Christmas and that and I've always been kind of a crafty person and that's what set off on this set me off on this journey. I got to a point with the demand of the soap and bath products that I was making in my kitchen at home when my kids were sleeping um, at night that I wanted to have this be a full-time job. It was something that I absolutely loved. So then I got to the point where I had kind of a crossroads of being able to, um, I needed to make a decision because I was working too much. So I opted to stop dental assisting and to work on the business full-time. And so it, that's just kind of how it's it happened is just meeting the demand of the people that want the products. Um, Andy started uh, for the company full-time about... Three years ago? Two years ago? Yeah, I've been putting in at least full-time hours for several years while still working at my other job. And we're getting to the point now where we're just uh, growing too quickly and too big where 
Um, I'm trying to phase out of my other job, which I'm doing on a part-time basis as still doing computer consulting, GIS work, and that kind of thing. But uh, hopefully by the end of the year, this will be our, our one source of income. So. Yeah, so how hard, how hard was it, like, originally to take that leap from, you know, from going to dental assistant to, like, hey, I'm going to sell soap, and, you know, for Andy, vice versa, you know, and mm -hmm. in your day job as well? For me, it was really hard. Um, we always want that security net. We always want to know where our income is coming from because we have obligations as parents and um, just people, you know, members of society. We have to adult. Yeah, we have to adult. <laughs> Unfortunately, we have bills to pay and everything else. We have cats and dogs to feed and kids to get through school. But, um, I mean, that's what I would encourage people to do is if you have, if you're really passionate about something and you really do um, create something that you know is successful or you have history of it being successful, it is really hard to rip that Band-Aid off. But you just, if it's something that you want to do, it's never going to be the right time. You just have to do it. You have to have an end point. Otherwise, it'll never happen. Because yeah, right. you'll always be afraid of something. Like skydiving or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, exactly. Like you're scared to jump out of the plane, but all of a sudden, like, you do it, and then you're like, man, like, that wasn't, that wasn't so right. bad. Because what's the worst thing that can happen? You exactly. just have to go back to work again with, and you know, it's, it, it, there's other people, other entrepreneurs that have talked to Andy and I, and they're very successful, but they're really afraid. And that's always the thing that I say is just set an end date. And then you have to meet that date. You can't come up with more excuses because it never is going to feel good. It's always going to be scary, but that's what makes you successful is when you're able to take that step that other people don't take. And that's what sets you apart. Yeah, and I actually have that conversation quite often uh, with, you know, like, hey, you know, the worst thing that's going to happen, like, you know, you aren't going to lose your health or anything like that. You know, if it's if it's money, like, hey, you know, my one of my famous things is we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, whether it's spending less money, you know, eating out or, or whatever, like you make the sacrifices, but ultimately mm -hmm. in the long run, you know, if you're chasing your dream, it's. And I'm more phys fiscally conservative, so it was more difficult for, for me personally for mm -hmm. us to make some of those big leaps. But, you know, we balanced each other out pretty well. And, uh, you know, we did some, obviously it was a calculated risk, and we knew what our demands were from our customers and things. And, uh, you know, it, it mostly penciled out on paper, so go for it. And He's the data so logical <laughs> one, and I'm like, you're like, it'll work out. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so. like, hey, I'll, I'll roll my gut. Like, I got mm -hmm. I got faith that this is going to work. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I'm not putting the, you know, the numbers on paper and, and ironing out. Like, I just know it's going to work. Yeah, that's you know? what he does. Throw I'll it and it'll stick. Yeah. yeah. Um, and oddly enough, it's always worked for us, so maybe <laughs> I'll stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I think that, you know, also kind of sticks out to me is couples you know working together <laughs> in the business world like mm -hmm. do you guys have any advice you know to those outsiders maybe of of making your work relationship not fizz I, over into your home life i have a good one i think i don't know if andy does mine is that you always need to be humble in knowing that you can't do everything and be really really honest with yourself of what your strengths and your weaknesses are um your spouse may be better at something than you are and to be able to relinquish that pride of thinking that you're Wonder Woman and you can do it all um, of saying okay well I know I'm better at this and you're better at this so let's divide and conquer and I think 
um, that is what makes it successful for us. We also have really good communication, and we also know when we need a break from each other, which is good. I mean, I'm not offended at all when he says, I need to work for a couple hours, and I just, you know, leave the office and find something else to do and vice versa. So I think it is about just being honest with where you're at and um, strength and weaknesses for sure. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree with that. And <laughs> obviously it takes some time to learn what those strengths and weaknesses are. But once you get it figured out, at, at least for us, it's been a, a really good balance. And we spend you know, almost all of our time together either here or at home, but still we rarely have disagreements about the business or argue about it or anything like that. I think we've, we've figured out where we each sort of fit into the, the big equation. Mm -hmm. It does take a while to get there. I mean, I'm not going to lie that in the beginning it, can, it was a little rough with, you know, feeling like your toes are stepped on or that, mm -hmm. you know, one person has an idea and the other person may not agree with it. But we've been doing it long enough now where we can communicate pretty well and not get offended if one of us feels a different way or anything like that. I'm pretty much the artistic kind of um, employee and retail-driven person, so I like to do displays. I like to work with the, um, the customers and with the employees. I do a lot of the social aspect. Andy is very much the data, um, accounting, back-end person that does all of that, so I think it's a pretty good balance. If we were both really similar in the things that we were good at or not good at, I think that that might be difficult, but we are opposites in that way, so I think yeah. it works really well. Yeah, the balance is good. Yeah. If you could go back then, say, before you guys, you know, took the took the leap from down the road at the Wiggets mm -hmm. to the big store, or even before that, as far back as you want to go, uh, what advice would you give yourselves in starting your own business? Mm. I think two things. One, I think you should always do things by the book. I think you should always be transparent. Um, and um, what I mean by that is m make it be a real business. You know, fill out your paperwork, do your business plan, um, do everything that you need to. Because I tend to be, I mean, depending on your personality, I tend to be, like I told you, very artistic and um, that other stuff. Um, sort of secondary is yeah. kind of secondary where Andy's the one that kind of picks that up so I think making sure that you complete the whole package um, is really important when you're starting it just does a lot less confusing and make if you need to get a business loan or anything like that you have all those uh, you know the foundations in place being being genuine and being um, having your business depending on what it is be a reflection of who you truly are um, I think sometimes you're afraid, people are afraid, especially when they're starting to kind of put themselves out there. But I think for marketing and for uh, business purposes, if you are your brand, it makes a lot more sense to, to your customer and makes a lot more sense to you since you and your business are so intertwined, you never really get away from that. Yeah, and it makes it a lot so. easier to just sort of live, eat, and breathe your business, which is what most entrepreneurs or small business owners and founders do. I mean, we just don't stop working, I think, at all. And yeah. if we had to separate those two, it would be more difficult. Yeah, I think that's one common misconception, you know, I think that a lot of people have, you know, business owners, whatever, is that, you know, my my personal life's over here, my business life's separate, nope. you know, over here, and you basically 
have to live two you know two different lives as opposed to where you guys i you know i strongly believe that you do it right with you know intertwining your your personal lives along with your you know your business uh, mission and and your ethics and every you know your values everything that you guys stand behind um you guys believe in in your personal life and yeah you, you know it might it might cost you, you know, a dollar here, you know, a sale to here or there. But in the long run, like, you know, you, you know that you're doing it because that's what you believe in your heart and that you can go down, you know, down the road and, and basically hold your head high and, mm-hmm. s- and sleep at night. Because yeah. um, I know that you guys are, you know, you're a big proponent of local, you know, supporting local, supporting mm-hmm. nonprofits, charities, all that kind of stuff. And, and you let it be known that. You know, this is what you stand for. Mm-hmm. Um, what has kind of been your experiences with associating your personal and your business life that you've found? Um, I don't. I don't feel like we've had any issue. I mean, there are some people with some of the stance um, that we take don't want to purchase from us. Um, it happens occasionally in the store, and we're okay with that um, because we are respectful of everyone, regardless of. Um, how they feel and money is power and if you are spending money at a certain place you are regardless if they're direct with you and transparent and where that money goes you are absolutely supporting the business owners interests and passions and everything by spending money there so I feel like we don't ever want to uh, mislead people um, so we are very direct in what we do, but we also feel very good about what we do, and we feel like we can add some um, positivity in places where I feel like it's really needed. Yeah, we're huge proponents of, as as you know, of equality, and sort of being more transparent about that and actually getting that out there into the public eye was a, a bit of a difficult decision for us, um, most you know, from a business standpoint. I think more so for me than for Jen. But, uh, you know, we have a sign on our front door right now that basically states those, our beliefs when it comes to that and welcoming everybody through our doors. And there's certain people who, who don't share those, those feelings with us. And like Jen said, if they don't want to walk into the door, they, they won't. And, and they it, don't have to. And they don't have to. It's and, okay. And, <laughs> and we haven't seen it impact our bottom line. I mean, that's how I was looking at it primarily was, you know, what is this going to do to us from a business standpoint? Do, do we want to take that risk? And now that we've done it and it, it's been a couple of years, um, I think it was a great decision. I'm really happy that we're, you know, really standing up vocally, um, especially in this area for, for those types of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that kind of goes, um, you know, you create those evangelists of, you know, of your business and your, your business mission and that sort of thing to where, I always kind of run through my head like, hey, is this person, are they interested or are they committed? Mm-hmm. Like the interested people, you know, you might, you might, you know, get a customer here or there, but the committed people, like those are the people that you want standing behind you. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, when you, when you stand for something and you fight for it and your, your beliefs show it, then, you know, it's ultimately probably going to end up creating more down the line mm-hmm. right and none of our business is ever about hate it's never about singling anyone out it's never about 
feeling like our way is the only way and we're right. It's about being respectful of everyone, but this is what you're this is who and what you're supporting when you purchase from us. So, like I said, there are people that don't agree with it that are still customers and we're able to have very open discussions about that. Um and keep it a positive thing, but we, you know, we won't, we don't apologize for what we believe, and we also um, are respectful of others that may feel a different way. Yeah, that's awesome. And then I know one other thing, you know, that I really actually kind of wanted to dive into is that you guys not only do local, you know, charity nonprofit work, but you just got back from a long trip, mm-hmm. Guatemala. Uh, you want to take us on the journey of, you know, what the backstory was of that trip and what experiences you had there. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. The, so the backstory on, on that was, um, we traveled to Guatemala a few years ago with a group called hearts in motion. Um, it's a charitable organization out of Indiana and that particular trip, uh, was focused around cleft lip and palate surgeries. Uh, my son was born with cleft lip and palate and, um, many of his doctors and, um, folks that he's worked with, speech therapists and so on, in Spokane um, were Washington State University affiliates. Um, and that particular trip was a WSU-focused trip, cleft lip and palate, and he was introduced to it, and he brought that to us and said, hey, I'm interested in doing this. Um, what do you guys think? And we said, it sounds great. And can we go? <laughs> well, can we go with you? And he was 17 at the time in high school. And so the three of us went down on that trip, spent um, about 10 days in Guatemala, um, and did all kinds of different work. While he was, my son was focused specifically on the cleft lip and palate surgeries, we did a number of different things. I did construction work and- Dental um, assisted. Gen dental assisted, (laughs) since that's her background. And um, so that was our initial introduction to this particular organization. So last year, I was doing some reading. There's another nonprofit called the Love and Soap Project, and they go into places around the world and teach people how to make soap and make a living out of it, um, primarily women in impoverished areas. And, you know, we thought, hey, this would be really cool. We'd like to do something real similar. So we contacted the Love and Soap Project, the folks there, and they were great. They gave us lots of information. They loved the fact that we were interested in doing something similar. Um, They even provided us with um, their curriculum and things like that that they'd used in the past. So then we pitched that idea to the Hearts in Motion organization, and they loved it. Um, And then six months later, we were there. You know, we we did this all in a pretty short amount of time Mm -hmm. um, where we had to come up with everything. And logistically, it was a difficult thing to do, getting supplies and equipment where we needed it in Guatemala. But they helped us immensely, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it all how it all began. So, what what exactly did you do in Guatemala? We um, Hearts in Motion was able to get about seven people from a certain village there in well, they call it departments. So, the Department of Zacapa in Guatemala, which is a very rural, desert, very poor area. And we actually thought it was just going to be women, which it didn't matter to us either way, but it ended up being two men and five five women in the class. So we taught them how to make soap from scratch um, with using their local ingredients so that they could continue to do it and have a viable business even when we left. 
um, came up with a business name, um, their logo. They did all of that, which I then sent to our graphic artist, Ali at AHA Creative Locally. She pushed out the graphic, which they voted on. So they left pretty much with an entire business. Um, they also, Andy uh, was really instrumental in teaching them the business aspect while I taught them the soap making. And we um, left them with a viable business. It's continuing today. They are continuing to make soap and do markets and things like that, and they're making money. So it is very much a co-op. Um, no one is the boss. They all work together, and they're, they did their first market when we were there, and they made the equivalent of two weeks' salary in, in two hours. So it was a pretty amazing journey, and we were able to do it from infancy to actually them selling. And like I said, it's continuing today. So we're hoping to continue to go back and to um, foster that relationship and make sure that we're there for them. Um, they will email us or Facebook us. Um, we've had several messages since we've been home, and um, it was just an amazing experience. So we, we set them up with a viable business with everything that they need to make their items and all or their soap and all of the um, ingredients equipment and everything and then um, they're the sky's the limit for them now so yeah it's cool like how does that make you feel when you get a you know a facebook message yeah. or an email from you know from one of your students down i cry every cool. time yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's great and, it, they're, really and they're in do. spanish so we have to <laughs> translate, translate it and, you know, right it's, it's do you cool. either you speak spanish or no we do a li i mean we do andy does more than i do we're not fluent by any means we had an interpreter in the class um just so that we could make sure that nothing was lost yeah but it it was amazing absolutely amazing i was gonna say was that a, was that a challenge you know having that language barrier yeah. when you're trying to teach it was a, a little, little bit, bit but you know it's um, it was, they knew what our intention was and everybody was on the same page. So they were very patient with us, but they were very, very grateful. And it was a pretty amazing experience. What habit or habits do you guys maybe do that have been critical to your success? We work like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. If you ever think you want to get into business because you're going to make a ton of money and have a ton of time, you're not right. Um, I have never calculated how many hours that we work because I think it would be really sad to see um, how much <laughs> we actually make based on yeah. how many hours we work, <laughs> which is pretty typical for business owners. Mm -hmm. But um, I do feel like that is very much the case is that if you think that starting a business to make your life really easy or so that you have a lot more time or all these other things, if you're doing it right, um, you should be able to carve out that time, but it's definitely high demand and it's 24 seven. There's really no downtime. Yeah. So do you have any like personal, uh, you know, routines or, or habits or whatever that kind of help you maybe get through that knowing in your head, you know, that you're going to be working for, you know, 14 hours in, in a day. Yeah. For me personally, I just, I, I just make sure that my routine is habitual, um, that I'm pretty much here at the store working during standard business hours. And for me, that's, that helps a lot. I don't, I really try to adhere to that schedule. And then my playtime is after work and on the weekends. And even though we have the flexibility to work whenever we want and not, or not on the weekends or, or work through the weekends, who knows, but it's still that it, being habitual about it has been really important. 
And I'm one that, you know, I do craft fairs and things on the weekends depending on the season. So I'll take a couple days off during the week. But I really do same, same. Um, I am not as, um, Andy's always like, okay, you want to be to work by nine. I'm more flexible, but I do always work at least five days a week. And I am very religious about that just to make sure that I don't slack or that I, you know, that, that everything's getting done that needs to be done. And mm -hmm. that we have always felt as a business that we should never ask anything of our employees that we don't do ourselves. So to me, you need to be an example. And if you're just, you know, popping in a couple hours a week and things like that, that just doesn't work for the way our work ethic is here. Yeah, it kind of so. kind of rubs off, right? Like yeah, you have to lead by example. Say, hey, yeah. What business accomplishment are you guys most proud of and why? Um, <laughs> I think it's pretty awesome to think that we employ 12 people that get paid a living, fair living wage and have families and what we do directly impacts the community in a positive way. Um, we create and foster a very artistic, uh, supportive work environment. And like I said, we, I feel like we're very fair. We never ask anybody to do anything that we don't do. So I do have a lot of pride in knowing that we are what I would consider a good, positive part of the community that positively impacts um, just people in general. Yeah, and, uh, you know, doing some back study research, I understand you guys give, what, 1% 1, 1 back? You know, you have a basically... Hey, this is our budget, you know, to yeah. give back of mm -hmm. of your sales, right? Yeah, at least we'd like to increase that number as the years go by. But yeah, for now, that's where we're at right now. But it's it's significant and it does positively impact. For instance, that we do the same love the LGBTQ soap upstairs. Mm Hundred -hmm. percent of the profits go to Pride in Coeur d'Alene. Julie Stratton is the director of that, and an absolutely amazing woman. And we just about funded Pride in the Park in Coeur d'Alene this year just from that donation from last year. So we really, um, those kinds of things when you see what the impact is and what it provides for the community, um, I do feel like that is something to be proud of and something to motivate us to work even harder so that we can donate even more. Yeah, right, like hey, you know, 1% one, 1 of, you know, is right. adds up, right. like over, over the long run, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. There's there's a lot of businesses, you know, that don't do that. So, mm -hmm. and I think we're also proud of just the you know where we've taken the business, growing it over the years, getting to where we are now, and year over year, we still grow at least thirty percent, and with that comes more employees and you know more facilities and just having to manage everything. And um, yeah, it's not the easiest thing to do, and I, th I think we've done a pretty decent job at it. Yeah. Our goal has never been to be rich. Our goal has been to provide a great work environment to obviously, I mean, it needs to, we need to live and we want to live well, but our goal has always been to, you know, just have a great work environment, have great people, enjoy work every day, be an asset to the community. That's what drives us, truly. Yeah, which, I mean, the asset to community, that's, that's one thing that, we take very seriously as well um you know in running this this podcast as well it's actually one of our criterias mm -hmm. of 
that this question is the guest and asset to community. So oh nice, um, did not know that. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's something you know that people don't don't really see, but mm-hmm. we find it important, especially you know in carrying on. You know what what we're doing is that you know you don't want basically you get associate association by being guilty, and we don't we don't want one bad apple to ruin it for everyone. So yeah. I guess to go off that previous question off your successes what's kind of been maybe one failure that that you guys have experienced that you've learned you know has taught you a good lesson it's a hard one i think that i was i don't feel like it's a failure but i definitely feel like when you go into business without prior business education or skill that you really do underestimate what it entails and, you know, in the more the busier you get and the more employees you add and the more demand you add, you add a whole bunch of new problems or things that need to be figured out. I really honestly don't feel like we've had any, like, what I would consider failure. I really, in self-reflecting, I really yeah. can't think of anything where so, I'm like, dang sorry, it, I wish was, we would have done that differently. That was that was a bad word. I shouldn't use the word failure. I should <laughs> well, use the word challenge. Cha- yeah. What yeah. What, think, uh, what challenge? It's just growth. Yeah. Growth is challenging. Because uh-huh. then you have to manage more and more and more and more and more. So um, not only with employees, but with um, logistics and, you know, computer demands. Just and there's a accounting, lot. Just, yeah. just your day-to-day yeah. duties and everything you have to keep up with. I mean, that's one thing I think we both never do. We never procrastinate. Take care of what you need you to do right away or you're just <laughs> yeah. going to get yeah. buried in it. Yeah, so. yeah the, <laughs> the scaling of it, which, you know, you – You've learned, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. I I imagine you're probably still learning every day of mm-hmm. the operation standpoint, you know, of, of the back end that, that drives everything that, you know, people, when they throw the bath bomb and, and you know, in their bathtub or, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, leather their hair with your shampoo, like, mm-hmm. they don't, you don't see all the stuff that goes on to get to that point, which you have the girls next to us here in, you know, in the basement making all the the goods you know Mm -hmm. for upstairs and then you have the packaging room and then only do customers really see that that front room um which kind of leads me to have you guys sought out like mentorship or advice like how did you how did you learn how to you know scale well I, i guess it's sort of twofold um from an advice and mentorship standpoint i'll address that first we we do have a business consultant through the um, state of idaho um, north idaho college small business um, what is that called small business development center yeah the small business development center um, named mike wells we've been working with him for four years or so and he's mostly there just for us to bounce ideas off to review our performance to review our financials make sure everything's going okay um, and it's it's a free service that's provided to anybody in the state of Idaho, um, anybody who has a business. And you know, it's probably one of the best moves we ever made was signing up for that and having those regular meetings with him. Um, and, yeah, we've learned a ton from him, and we really, really appreciated their input. Mm-hmm. The thing that he taught me, the number one bit of advice that he gave me, and it sounds really simple, but when you're growing, it is it can be complex but it's work with intent you know set a goal and figure out what that goal is and you can dictate 
if you make it to that goal. It's not just what's getting thrown at you. It's working with intention. And with the way that my brain always worked, I was one of those that thought, well, I'll just deal with things as they come. And yeah, we want to do X amount of dollars this year, but how do I get there? What am Mm. I supposed to do in order to make that happen? And just learning what you can do to um, impact that and to working with intention is a really, really big deal. And I know that means a lot for a lot of people, but I mean, you can dictate how quickly you grow, how much you grow, what your bottom line is. You're the one that's in control of that. It isn't some ambiguous thing that the universe is throwing at you. You have control of that. And so that's, to me, that was really, um, that was kind of my aha moment of when he said that to me and it really made me think, well, if I do this, then how's that going to impact this? And, and it, it really does work. Yeah. So did you start working at say backwards, the front? Yeah. Is that how yeah. you put that together? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Like this is our goal and then we have to do this. How and, are we going to get there? How are we going to get there? And these are the, you know, the stones or the, mm-hmm. the path that, that you have to take. And mm-hmm. that's, that's always the million dollar question, right? Yeah. Because it's different for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. It, you know, percentages of growth, percentages of what, you know, where the money's coming from. Is it online? Is it in the store? Is it wholesale? You know, is it craft fairs? It's, I mean, it's, it's pretty complex, but mm-hmm. it, it's attainable. And everybody should be thinking that if you own a business and that's your goal is to grow, is that you do have to set your intention and you absolutely can. As difficult as it is, it, that's what you have to do. And, and being able to bounce ideas off of our consultant has, has been great because I think as business owners, especially when you're very small, you tend to sort of operate in a bubble um, without any outside eyes looking in on what you're doing and evaluating how you're doing it. And actually, you know, taking that step to have somebody else give you some input, meaning they really have to do, they really have to dive deeply into how you're doing things and what you're doing mm-hmm. and how much you're making and so on. Um, and that takes a little bit of a leap of faith, but it's it's been great, and I would recommend that to any small business to absolutely talk to somebody else about it. Yeah, so that program you mentioned is through NIC, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You just yeah. reach out to NIC or... Yeah, the Small Business Development... Um, what was Center. it? Center, yes. Thank you, Small Business <laughs> Development Center. And, um, yeah, their, their offices are now on the NIC campus. Um, if you could get one message out to the community about... Mount Madness soap, what would it be? That we make our stuff. (laughs) (laughs) We still get people that come in and they are just like, you don't make all this. And we're like, yeah, we do. And it happens a lot at craft fairs and things like that. But um, we make it still the way that we used to right in the infancy. It's just scaled up a little bit from Mm -hmm. what we used to do. But the things that we say are handmade are truly handmade. And we make them here in the basement. And um, it's still made with love and exactly the way that we used to it's just like i said it's just scaled up a little bit so um yeah and i think for me it's just if you when you're spending money with us we're very transparent about it Uh, you can get on our website and look at our values and where we donate money to so if you're spending money with us you know that a portion of that is going towards these these places and especially the local community yeah, and you guys also, one thing I noticed <laughs> reading through your blog is that you support as much local, you mm-hmm. know, and sustainable uh, practices as possible. Like you guys, you know, you're, you're packing peanuts, you, mm-hmm. you purchase, you know, from pilgrims and, mm-hmm. you know, try to reuse as much stuff 
as possible. I thought I read something maybe like your labels are all compostable or made of stone. Yeah, like how's a, how's a label made of stone? <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> yeah. not, I'm not sure how they do it, but they do. And then it sticks. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 So there's an adhesive on it. But yeah. So yeah. 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 We that is really important to us. We if we ever need anything done that we don't do, we always look for local first. Always. Mm-hmm. Um, our graphic artist is local. Our web designer, web designer is local. Um, a lot of the product that if we bring in product, we always look for it first local to see if somebody does it locally and does it well. We always, always, always use local and we'll go outside of that only if we have to, if there's not a good option for us. Even if it costs more money, even if we wait longer, anything like that, we always stick with local. If you were, say, you know, guy like myself coming in, never been in Mount Madness you know, before ever, like what, is, what would be the one product that you would tell someone that they should buy? I think the shampoo bars personally, that is one of my favorite products because men and women can use them. Um, we, anything that we can make without packaging, that's how we choose to do it because we really try to be as responsible with plastic as possible. Um, the shampoo bars, you get 80 shampoos per bar. And it is just the bar itself. We do sell the tins for travel, but the shampoo bar can go right into your shower and you can use it from there. And there's when it's gone, there's absolutely no waste. And it's one of my favorite products and a lot of the girls that work here, it's our favorite, their favorite product as well. And that's like made all natural, mm-hmm. doesn't have any of the, I know you were kind of giving me the rundown mm-hmm. upstairs if you want to dive through that a little bit of, <laughs> Like the big commercial, you know, soap, the difference between commercial soap and what would be, you know, homemade. Yeah. Homemade soap is real soap. And um, like I was saying about food, how food now contains so many weird things that you really, really think shouldn't be in food. That bath and body care and soap is the same way where a lot of companies that are bigger, especially commercially, use fillers and use things that really aren't that good for you. Um, soap is made with um, the oils of your choice and then sodium hydroxide or water. The combination of those make soap because they change the oil molecule to a soap molecule. Um, when soap is being made, glycerin is a byproduct that is created when there's that molecular bond. And so glycerin, homemade soap has glycerin in it at about 12%. Commercial soap, they extract the glycerin and fill it with detergent and use the glycerin mainly for um, lotions or subset companies that make that product so it's not something that they then have to purchase. So pure soap, which is what we make, you can use on your hair, you can use on your body. It's not just hand soap. It's more moisturizing than commercial soap because it has, doesn't have the detergent element to it. And it also isn't filled with um, chemicals, uh, preservatives, anything like that. Everything should go bad. And if you have a bar of commercial soap sitting in your you know, camping box that's been in there for five years and it doesn't smell like the oils have gone rancid, there's stuff in there that's making it do that. It's just like, you know, like the kids that do the science projects with the McDonald's hamburger that yeah. hasn't molded in five years. Yeah. Exactly. It's kind of the same thing. So 
I feel like natural is better. Your skin is the largest organ of your body and what you put on it, you absorb. So um, I'm not a fanatic or anything like that, but I just think that small choices like that long run are probably beneficial. Mm -hmm. And we make sure that everything that we put in the soap, other additives are also natural, any of the, the herbs and the colorants and um, the essential oils that we use. We're very conscious of all of that and we really try to use the best ingredients that we possibly can and try to make sure everything's natural awesome uh do you guys have any lasting thoughts that you'd like to leave us with leave leave Coeur with hmm. i'd say if you haven't come in yet come in and see us and uh have you know if anybody has any questions or anything like that we're always here we're always you know happy to talk and um answer questions or you know, any curiosities or anything like that. Yeah. And do you do, you do social media, you do Facebook, mm -hmm. I know do you do Instagram or anything yeah, like that. We're on Facebook and Instagram, um, our website, we, we do a couple blogs a month, which we've got one on our Guatemala trip that's coming up here. Um, we're also looking at, uh, potentially new packaging to switch out some of our plastics with something that's compostable or biodegradable. So that's coming in the next month or so. Yeah. We're offering some new products. We'll be selling our personal full line of essential oils in the next month or so. We just always got new stuff going on. Um, you know, we, we do craft fairs and we always have our shows on there as far as where we're going to be personally. And um, we always welcome people to come in and kind of find out what we're about. Yeah, and you guys don't just, you aren't just hand soap. You have like everything under the sun yes, up there. Do. Stuff yeah. that I've never heard of before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we try to be creative and inventive and do kind of new things. And that's what keeps it fun for us and for the customer as well. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for taking time to sit down and share your story. And uh, we look forward to it.